You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. Happy Thursday to you. We have a lot to talk about here today on the podcast, and I'm not sure there is a central theme. I just have a lot of thoughts written down that deal with the 53-man roster, that deal with comments made by Brandon Bean. We've seen the practice squad, at least the first 15 names to be added to the practice squad. We've learned some things about the injury status of several players. And so I just want to talk about all of that here today on the podcast. So again, no central theme, but we're talking Buffalo Bills football and things that are relevant right now. So let's dig into it. The first major talking point that I want to discuss today is that the Buffalo Bills really did cut Jacob Hollister at tight end. And I speculated on yesterday's podcast that this could be a formality where they're going to ask him to stay in the parking lot and bring him back to put another player on injured reserve. That's not going to be the case with Jacob Hollister. They only did that with Reed Ferguson, who is now back on the roster, and Marquez Stevenson is on injured reserve. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but let's focus on Jacob Hollister. They cut him. Not part of the plan for 2021. The only two tight ends on the Buffalo Bills roster at this point are Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. That's it. The inconsistent Dawson Knox, who's entering his third season, and Tommy Sweeney, who was a seventh-round pick in 2019 that was hardly a factor on the 2019 team and missed all of last season. Those are your Buffalo Bills tight ends. And tight end was a hot button topic all off season long. Especially after Brandon Bean put the position group on blast after the AFC Championship game. Let's go back to that quote. This is what Brandon Bean said. We just never really got that position. At the end of the year, I thought we did a little bit Dawson started to get his groove, but it was never where the opposing defense was like, man, we've got to stop their tight ends from going off. So we'll look into the group. At the end of the day, we'd like to have a guy like we just faced in Kansas City. They don't come very often, but that's what we want. We've got some guys here we want to continue to develop and see what happens. Obviously, if there's ways to add competition, whether that's in free agency or the draft, we would do that as well pretty strong statement from Brandon Bean when reflecting on his tight end room last season. And for it to result in them signing Jacob Hollister in free agency, not doing anything in the draft, and combining Hollister with Knox and Sweeney, and of course Nate Becker and Quentin Morris, that was the group. And the final group at least as of today, is Knox and Sweeney. 
And I'm guessing that a lot of you are very disappointed in this. We had these conversations all offseason long. I answered countless questions about tight ends. So many of you wanted the Bills to sign Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry or trade up for Kyle Pitts or use the 30th pick in the draft on Pat Fryermuth or consider a Brevin Jordan in the draft. The Bills did none of that. They didn't sign any of those players. They didn't trade for Zach Ertz. Another big topic all offseason long. Nope. The dust settles, and it's Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. Now, you guys know that all offseason long, I preached about this being a wide receiver-centric offense and how the Bills wide receivers are the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to this Bills offense. Obviously, it's Josh Allen. He's the reason the offense is elite, but him throwing the football to wide receivers is the engine. It's what makes it go. And we talked about the missing tight end production is really just baked into the wide receiver production where the Bills wide receivers had over 400 more receiving yards than any other team last year. So it's not necessarily a tight end centric offense, but as we thought about ways that the Bills offense could expand this season and add new wrinkles and layers to what they do, throwing the football to tight ends was something that was an interesting concept to consider. And maybe they will. Maybe they're going to throw the ball to Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney, and they will be a really nice pair of tight ends for the Bills offense this year. But for Brandon Bean to come out and say what he did, and for the offseason to go like it did, and for us to be at this point right now where the only two tight ends on the roster are Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney, even I'm surprised. And I wasn't even pounding the table for the Bills to do anything at tight end. I was really satisfied with Jacob Hollister. I wanted them to continue rolling with Dawson Knox, who I've raved about as a high potential player with supreme physical gifts. You guys have heard me talk about this so many times. And even I sit here today extremely surprised that this is the makeup of the tight end room. Now, we should probably mention Reggie Gilliam as part of this conversation. And Bean commented on Reggie Gilliam when he met the media on Wednesday afternoon. He said, Reggie Gilliam is a great piece as a hybrid tight end fullback, whatever you need. We're happy with Reggie and what he does on special teams. We're thin at tight end. We're not deep. So we have to be ready if we lose anyone else at the position. So yeah, we should probably lump in Reggie Gilliam to this conversation, but let's be real there. We're talking about a UDFA from last year that's a special teams ace that really plays fullback. And so I'm not sure you can really put too much into him as somebody that carries that tight end label as well. Sure, he can get you by in a package or on a play or something like that, but he's not going to be your answer. This isn't that significant move that changes the dynamics of the position. So even if you do lump him in with Knox and Sweeney, it doesn't change anything in my mind. So this is fascinating. There's a big part of me that's very excited for the wide receivers to continue to be the major focal point of the offense. There's a part of me that's very excited to see Dawson Knox continue to have an opportunity to grow and develop as the Bills lead tight end. But there's also a part of me that remains very, very surprised that this is where we're at 
when it comes to the tight end room. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool with your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th, so start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. Game on. All right, so we talked about tight ends for way longer than I anticipated, but I had some spirited thoughts that I wanted to get out about how everything went down at tight end, but I have a lot more I want to talk about with you here today on the podcast. And Let's continue to reflect on what Brandon Bean said on Wednesday and consider the roster that he put together. So next up is Bam Johnson, and he commented on trading Bam Johnson to the Carolina Panthers. This is what he said. He definitely could have helped our team this year, but we went heavy on defensive line and really tried to keep the best 53. It was a tough call. He was the guy we could get the most value for. We couldn't find a way to keep seven defensive ends. And look, I know that me crafting a 53-man roster projection and Brandon Bean actually having to build a 53-man roster and say goodbye to people that he brought to the building and that he knows personally, they're very, very different things. But I can absolutely feel what he means when he says it's tough to find a way to keep seven defensive ends, even if you want to. And it sounds like from Brandon Bean's perspective when looking into that quote that it really came down to Johnson being the one that teams wanted to trade for. And I'm sure other teams would love to trade for Epinesa or Russo or Basham, you know, players that are young, talented guys, but that's not really realistic. You have to be willing to trade them. So when you add the layer of we're willing to trade this player and line it up with who teams want to trade for, it probably led to the same player, and that being Bam Johnson. And so Bam Johnson, definitely good enough to make the roster, but they had too many defensive ends. And I will say that there's a part of me that is surprised that this didn't take care of itself. You know, that one of these guys didn't have some type of injury that just naturally took care of the logjam. No, these guys stayed healthy, they all played well, and here you are having to trade away a player that you've invested a couple of seasons in and has shown some promise and brings value on special teams in a way that is not typical. So at the end of the day, the Bills kept 11 defensive linemen, 11, five defensive tackles, six defensive ends, 
And when Bean was talking about cutting Jacob Hollister in the tight end room, he talked about being thin at tight end and that being a result of going heavy on the defensive line. So this says a lot about the Bills' priorities as a team when it comes to positional value. Not that that's a hot take. We know that they care about the defensive line. But they care about it so much so that they are going with two tight ends compared to 11 defensive linemen. Five defensive tackles, six defensive ends. The six defensive ends doesn't surprise me. I am a little bit surprised that they found space for five defensive tackles. I thought it would be four. I figured Star Latulale, Ed Oliver, and then Justin Zimmer, and either Harrison Phillips or Vernon Butler. Well, they kept both Butler and Phillips in addition to Zimmer and Star and Oliver. And so Brandon Bean was asked about Vernon Butler in his press conference on Wednesday. And he started off by talking about how Vernon Butler played a lot of Star Latulale's role last year, meaning he played a lot of one technique. And then he went on to say that when you look at Vernon Butler's production at Carolina, and specifically in his last season, which was his best season, where he had decent sack production, he came out and said that most of his sacks came from playing the three technique and praised him for being an unselfish guy that was willing to play the one for the team and take away from his production. And so that's interesting to me. You guys know I'm not super high on Vernon Butler. He's a guy that's been disappointing since he's been drafted. I don't anticipate that he's going to put it all together and break out and be the player the Carolina Panthers thought they were getting in 2016 when they made him a first-round pick. Like I'm not projecting that to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But I will say that Brandon Bean has made notable investments in this defensive line. And last year, it didn't work out, right? The unit was okay. I do give them some grace for star opting out and what that did for the rotation and how guys had to play out of position. But that was the most expensive defensive line in the NFL last year. And that puts high expectations on the group. And they underperformed. And so this year, It's not the most expensive defensive line in the NFL, but there are a lot of resources. Notable contracts for Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and Starla Tulele. High draft picks in Ed Oliver and A.J. Epinesa and Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. There's a lot invested here. And they went heavy. They kept these guys. Decent contract in play for Vernon Butler. And so it's time for these guys to produce. It's time for this defensive line to look like it's a group that has a lot invested in it in terms of free agency dollars and high draft picks. From a talent perspective, it's loaded. We need to see that show up this year. That that can make the difference in this football team. That could make the difference. That could be the reason why the Bills win the AFC or they stall out. Because last year, the defensive line wasn't good enough against Kansas City. And that puts even more 
stress on Josh Allen to score points and carry the football team. Need some help from this defensive line, and they've surely invested heavily in it. And so Brandon Bean put the tight end room on blast last January. I'm putting the defensive line on blast right now. I need more. The Bills need more from this group. They need to show up. They need to meet the moment. This needs to be one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. You're keeping 11 of them. It's loaded with high picks. It's loaded with free agent dollars. It's time for this unit to show up, make plays, and make a difference. The next thing that Brandon Bean said during his press conference that I at least connected with, he said that he's going to be going to five college games over the next several days. And obviously, you know, Brandon Bean always active on the road, going to college football games, getting his eyes on prospects. And so I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I too go to a lot of college games and, you know, try to scout players live and in person. And I can't tell you how many times I run into Brandon Bean or Joe Shane or Dennis Hickey or in the past Dan Morgan in the press box. I mean, these guys are very much boots on the ground, hands-on with the scouting process, getting their eyes on players. And college football really kicks off this week, right? Like tonight, there's several games. Friday night, there's several games. Saturday, a full slate. Game on Sunday, game on Monday. And Brandon Bean's getting out there. Getting out there, seeing these players. And I love that. There's no substitute for seeing players in person with your own eyes. And so you got yourself a general manager in Buffalo that is absolutely a guy that gets out there, travels, gets to games, and formulates his own opinions on these players. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket. Save time and save money when using rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain, store, or a car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online 
your online sportsbook experts. All right, we still got a bunch of stuff to get to here today on the podcast. Next up, we have some really encouraging injury updates. Now, let's start with the one that's not encouraging, and that's Marquez Stevenson, Bill's rookie wide receiver slash return man. He's headed to injured reserve, and he'll miss at least three games. So the Bills can put players on injured reserve with the caveat being they have to miss a minimum of three games. It's a great rule that the NFL implemented last year. They're carrying over to this year, and so it just gives you a whole lot more roster flexibility as opposed to putting a guy on injured reserve and they're out for the year, right? Like sometimes guys are only out for three or four or five games and there's still plenty of time left to bring them back and allow them to make an impact. And so you can do this uh, an unlimited amount of times. There's no limit to the amount of players you can put on injured reserve. They just have to miss three games. And so uh, the Bills put Stevenson on injured reserve and we'll see him as early as week four when the Bills take on the Houston Texans. And of course, they had a vacant roster spot because of putting Stevenson on injured reserve. And Reed Ferguson, the team's long snapper, was signed back. Now, when it comes to the encouraging injury updates, Harrison Phillips, Tommy Sweeney, Isaiah McKenzie, all three of them are on target to be available in week one. And the Bills had an open practice on Wednesday. My buddy Greg Tomset from Cover One, he was in attendance and he told me that Harrison Phillips looks great. He was running around sprinting from drill to drill, very active. And so for a guy with a knee injury, sounds like he's coming along just fine. We also saw a video of Isaiah McKenzie running around, catching passes. And so for a guy that hurt his shoulder and was in a sling last week, to see him running full speed and catching passes, that's a great sign. Sounds like he's going to be good to go and the Bills are going to need him. He's the primary uh, punt returner and kick returner. And with Marquez Stevenson out and Brandon Powell cut, that's your punt returner. So it's good to see him healthy and on track and participating in practice. So as you know, every team in the NFL had to get down to 53 players by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. And so that resulted in hundreds of cuts, right? Like eight, 900 cuts across the NFL. And we always talk about the ability to get a guy through waivers so you can get him back on your practice squad. And there's always this fear that you can expose these players to waivers and you'll never get them back. Well, the Bills got all of their players back with the exception of undrafted free agent cornerback Nick McLeod, who the Cincinnati Bengals signed to their active roster. Every other player cleared waivers, including Jake Fromm and Isaiah Hodgins, and Rashad Wild Goose. And so let's just keep this in mind next year when we're talking about this and worried about cutting players and getting them through waivers and being able to get them back on the practice squad. It's pretty rare that other teams claim guys off waivers. Only 27 players across the entire NFL were claimed in waivers out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cuts. 27, that's it. And the Bills didn't even put in a claim on any player. The Bills made no waiver claims, which was unsurprising to me. I mean, we're talking about a really deep roster, not just a 53-man roster, a 90-man roster that Brandon Bean put together. So I would have been a little surprised if, the Bills were interested in 
claiming a guy that another team waived to put on their active roster. So the Bills made no waiver claims. And the only player they lost is Nick McLeod to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bills did announce 15 players signed to the practice squad. Every single one of them was a player that the Bills cut the previous day. Two quarterbacks, Jake Fromm and Davis Webb, back on the practice squad. We talked about that yesterday. What would happen if they were both available? Would they bring them both back? Would they bring just one? If it was just one, who would it be? Would somebody put Jake Fromm on their active roster? No, they're both back on the practice squad. Two offensive linemen, Jack Anderson and Jamil Douglas, and I'm happy about that. Jack Anderson, I thought, played well in games. A draft pick, I thought he was a good player at Texas Tech. Could play center and guard. I'm glad that he's going to stick around and develop. And Jamil Douglas back on the practice squad is something that makes me really happy. I thought a team would definitely pick him up to be a reserve for them, a guy that can play center and guard, is a veteran, has experience in the NFL. I thought for sure somebody would pick him up, but he's back on the Bills practice squad, and I think that's outstanding. Antonio Williams is back at running back on the practice squad. Two receivers, Isaiah Hodgins and Tanner Gentry, and I'm happy for Tanner Gentry. Hasn't really had much success in the NFL, but you know he's got a great relationship with Josh Allen, and Josh Allen and his girlfriend are tight with Tanner Gentry and his wife, and I think that's a good thing for him to be surrounded by people that you know he's tight with and has relationships with. I think that can only be a benefit, and he gives the Bills an option on the practice squad that can be a slot receiver and has rapport with Josh Allen. So if for some reason things get dicey with Cole Beasley and or Isaiah McKenzie, you have Tanner Gentry waiting in the wings. Tight end Quinton Morris is back on the practice squad, which is great. He had a lot of positive reports from training camp about what he was able to do and helping on special teams. So as an undrafted free agent for him to come back and the Bills to continue to be able to work with him, I think is a very good thing. Linebacker Joe Giles Harris is on the practice squad. Defensive end Mike Love. He's made a career here. He's made <laughs> made a few bucks here being on the Bills practice squad for a few years now. Defensive tackle Brandon Bryant, who is an outstanding athlete. Safety Josh Thomas, you know I'm happy to see him back. I thought he was really good in preseason, loved his tackling, and um, I'm glad that he's going to stick around for a bit more. And then three cornerbacks, Elijah Griffin, Cam Lewis, and Rashad Wildgoose. So I think all things considered, for the Bills to be able to get all 15 of these players back on the practice squad was outstanding. I love the makeup of this group. This is the most excited I think I've ever been about the Bills practice squad. So I absolutely love it. And um, the Bills still have an open spot. There's room for one more player to be added. There's other players that they cut that they could place on the practice squad. Maybe it's a spot for Jacob Hollister. Who knows? Maybe a team should just sign him to their active roster and get a good player. But worst case scenario, he can come back on the practice squad. So there's some options here. There's other players that the Bills cut that – they could bring back to the practice squad. Thinking about Nate Becker at tight end. Yeah, Jordan Devy, Bobby Hart, <laughs> Brandon Powell, Markel Lee. So there's some guys here that if the Bills wanted to continue with a player that they cut, there's options. And they could also bring in a player that wasn't part of the 90-man roster. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that 16th practice squad spot. 
All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to do herd mentality unless something happens, right? Some major news comes through where we need to dedicate the entire show to it. But uh, have herd mentality lined up for tomorrow. Then we'll take the weekend off, and we're back on Monday. And on Monday, I'm going to give you my NFL predictions, my game-by-game predictions for the Bills, the division winners, the playoff teams, the playoffs, everything, right? I'll predict the whole thing for you, let you know where I think the Bills will end up this year and, of course, the rest of the league. And then it's game week, getting ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so if you haven't been part of the podcast in the previous years, you don't know what our game weeks look like, but I think you'll enjoy them very, very much. And so you have a lot to look forward to as we are on the doorstep of the 2021 NFL regular season and a season that we have high expectations for this Buffalo Bills football team. And I can't wait to talk you through everything that happens this year. So make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.